Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Kim Howard. It is Monday, February 6th. Um, I am joined this week by or with, I never really know which one I should say, but this week my guest is Anne DeYoung. So welcome, Anne. Thank you for joining me on the podcast this week. I'm excited um, to get to know you better because I just know you a little bit in passing. Um, but if you would be kind enough to say hello and maybe introduce yourself to our guests. Hi, I am Anne. I um, have been going to Victory Point with my family, my husband, Johan, and then two kids. Esther is almost three. By the time that people listen to this, she'll be three. <laughs> um, she's turned three this weekend. So she is three. And Hank, his name's Henrik, but we call him Hank. He is nine months almost. So... The four of us have been coming for two years. We started, we actually started listening online um, May of 2021 or like winter time. And I think we started coming in person in May 2021. So almost we're like getting on our two year anniversary. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember when I first like noticed, I'm going to say noticed your presence and your families. I, I honestly think the first time was when I think Johan was it just him up on stage one point or was it during baptism? Yeah, Johan was baptized this summer, uh, but we also had Esther dedicated last winter and we were both up on the stage with Esther. So either of those times yeah. could have been. Uh, was it possible that Johan actually spoke? your letter to Esther? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think that's when I first recognized that you guys were new and here. Um, I'm very Dutch. Um, like it's my entire lineage. So I love the fact that Johan's name is Johan. Yes. Um, and then his last name is DeYoung without the E. Mm -hmm. And a J instead of a Y. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know why I love that. It just is very Dutch to me. So yeah. I'm like, that's my comfort. Um, so I think that's very cool. Just a very cool tidbit that he is <laughs> very Dutch. And I'm assuming Henrik then, right, is kind of a... Yeah, it's a, uh, we were looking, when we were looking up names, we don't have anyone in the family. Well, actually, after we named him Henrik, we did learn that we do have someone in the family, but it wasn't on purpose. We were looking up like Scandinavian type of area names and we yeah. both just really liked Henrik. So love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, I'm not much for like random names, you know, like mm -hmm. Apple or I don't know, weird things like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? Um, Demi Moore. Didn't she name her daughter Apple oh, or some, maybe. some Hollywood mm -hmm. star. Anyway, I'm not a big fan of like that kind mm -hmm. of random names. Um, but I do like that. Some of those older names are making a big comeback. Yes. Um, like Henry even would have been like an old school name. That's yeah. kind of making a comeback. Uh -huh. So um, love it. Well, cool. Welcome. And I'm glad that um, you joined me on the podcast being relatively new. And I'm sure that everybody will be excited to learn a little bit more about you and your family as we go through the week. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah, it'll be fun. All right. So we are camping out in the book of Matthew for quite some time. Um, 
right now we are in Matthew 6. We're actually going to start in verse 16, uh, but it's a continuation of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, my last recording was with Emma, and that was, I think, part of it, yeah. So kind of crazy how, you know, a few weeks later, almost a month later, we're still in the same sermon mm-hmm. that Jesus gave, yeah. um, but a little bit further and deeper into it. So um, I didn't even ask you before if you would like to read or if you would like me to read. So yeah, I can read it. <laughs> you feeling pretty yeah. comfortable already? <laughs> mm-hmm. Love it. Um, awesome. And if you would read then Matthew 6, verses 16 through 18 for us. All right. Whenever you fast, don't be gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so that their fasting is obvious to people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but to your father who is in secret and your father who is in secret will reward you. Thank you. I'm curious what version you are reading that from. Oh, it what is, is your Bible? the Christian Standard Bible. All right. It's not one I rel- like often go to. Um, I might have to look that one up sometime because I kind of like some of the words in there. Uh, for instance, I'm just going to say the first <laughs> one that caught my attention was in mine and several of them. It says, do not look somber as the hypocrites mm. do. And yours says, do not look gloomy. Yeah. And that word seems to, to me, at least translate a little bit more. Yeah. Like today, how mm-hmm. we would speak. Yeah. We don't use the word somber much. No. So I'll have to look that one up. The CSB you said, right? Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right. So as you read that and studied, um, what was something that stood out to you about who God is or just in general? Was there anything that stood out to you when you read this passage? It's short. So, yeah, the, um, like a, no, sorry, <laughs> when I was thinking about what this says about who God is, it made me think about how much he really values authenticity. Like he wanted, Jesus was talking about how people who are fasting don't have to make a big deal about it. And really it kind of becomes the question of like, why are you fasting? If you're fasting, make a big deal about it. And that's like what you're getting out of it. There's not that authenticity between you and God. So what I was realizing is how much he really values that authenticity. And it kind of feels like, and this is me thinking about it even further, but like giving him that authenticity is just continuing to deepen your relationship with him. And like, that's what the fasting is supposed to be all about. Not about how great you look to whoever sees. Right. Yeah. I do like that. Um, And I think that is actually something that carries out throughout this week, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and even before from last week, I think. Um, But yeah, I mean, he, Jesus is pretty good about calling out the hypocritical aspect of things, right? Like, why are you doing things? Are you doing it for a show? Um, I'm sure if you're fasting and you fast for 30 days, I've never done it personally, but um, people who do, I would imagine, look pretty gaunt and, you know, maybe a little unkept, you know, just Mm -hmm. because by nature of what they're doing. Um, But I think he's trying to say, like, you should actually almost overcorrect that so that people don't know that's what you're doing. Right, yeah. Because it's something between you and God. You know, it doesn't, it has nothing to do with people outside of you. Um, so, yeah, I, I do find that interesting that like, he's kind of calling out that, like, 
reason why you're doing it. He's wanting authentic action and authentic relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I thought just kind of stood out to me is I think further on um, in verse 18 where it says, um, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Um, just that concept to me of like God being unseen. Like we all know that. But just like that's intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, that like God mm-hmm. is unseen. Like that's partly what makes our faith so different than a lot of religions is that there's this unseen God. Um, but the unseen God sees mm, yeah. us at the core the deepest part of us, he sees everything. So I just find that an interesting parallel, how the Father God is unseen, but yet sees everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is cool. Because you'd think that he'd be seen. Right. In order to see everything. Mm -hmm. But he's unseen. So anyway, I just thought that was an interesting, I don't know if it's just the verbiage or, you know, yeah, just that whole concept of how big he is and yet not seen. Yeah. Um. So, was there anything about people or yourself or, yeah, just humanity, I guess, um, in this passage that stood out to you? I mean, I feel like it might be a repetitive thing. Yeah, it's right. The same thing about how unauthentic we become and really how prideful. Like, it's just so easy for humans to become prideful. Whatever your intentions, even if they were good intentions to start, I think sometimes the enemy is quick to come in and be, you know, manipulating your emotions or, or however you feel like people are perceiving you. And you, it can quickly become unauthentic and all about what people see and how great you are and um, like how proud you feel of, of yourself doing the right thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I had the same thing just worded a little differently and like just how easy it is for us as humans to want to be validated, mm, right? Yeah. Like we're, there's a pride component for sure, but I think it's just that how easy it is that, you know, like you said, the enemy can sneak in there and almost use that desire to want to be seen and want to be known and want to be perceived as somebody great you know, or Mm -hmm. worthy or valuable, um, that the enemy can really use that, you know, and turn that into a prideful situation, just needing to be validated by other people. We seek that, I think, often. Yeah, that's true. You know, um, yeah, and really that if we know our identity in Christ, that that is so like the bottom of importance, right? What other people think of us is so not important. Um, and yet sometimes it seems like that's all we strive for, you know, is just to be seen by somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. How about, do you have anything that's a challenge for us um, or yourself or, I don't know, something that we could obey and, like, you know, do? This passage isn't specifically saying, like, you should fast, but it, is such a good reminder to me about how important fasting is. I was thinking um, the passage, I just peeked at the passage before this one. I think that they would have read this, I guess, Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, 
was my guess. They go in order? Um, yes, they okay. do. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the prayer prayer is right before this one. And I think I forget that prayer and fasting are both important. And I can easily focus on the prayer. And I know that has been a challenge to the church body um, maybe last year that we were trying to fast as a whole church on certain days. Um, and I just find myself without that kind of like whole group reminder or without someone telling me, hey, follow this this schedule for fasting. It's not something I find myself putting on my own schedule. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I guess it wasn't specifically like you should fast, but that was just having a section talking about not even saying you should fast. That part's almost implied is saying, how, how are you going to fast when you're doing it? <laughs> and that yeah. I think was the biggest challenge for me. And I almost find myself sitting here like, okay, but when, when should I do that? Someone tell me, tell me when that should happen. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I think you're so right. It, and part of it, I think is that fasting was very much a, an, a regular practice for the Old Testament believers. So the Jewish people, I think that was that was part of their communion with God. Um, and for whatever reason, I feel like that has kind of gone by the wayside. It's not a common practice. We might fast for Lent. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, maybe there's some New Testament post-Jesus, you know, reason why fasting isn't necessarily part of our, uh, I don't want to use the word wrong, but religious practices, yeah, right? right? Like that routine um, at least. Yeah. You know, and there are still things that the Jews do that as Christians we don't do, mm, that's right? That's point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that fasting is one of them, but you get what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. So I think there's yeah. something that was lost, I think, maybe in that and maybe in, in the Western, you know, culture of religion in Christianity. Um but you're right. I don't. I don't even fast for Lent. Um, I don't know why. I'm always. I'm not one to follow what everybody else does, and that seems like one of those. Like, I feel like that's a, a situation where I would be extremely hypocritical because mm. it's not my own decision or right. God mm-hmm. decision, right? Because um, everybody's doing it at that time, so mm-hmm. I try to avoid things like mm-hmm. that. Just, just my personality, for better or worse. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I think that there is. I would like to know. Like, is there a scriptures that yeah. tell us? Like, what are what would be times when you would fast? Because yeah, I don't even question. know that old world reasons why they fast. Yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> so we'll have to put somebody on that. Like yeah. maybe encourage Matt to come up with some sort of teaching on that. I don't know. Yeah. But you're right. It's not a common practice for us. No. Um, I know there's people who do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they do it. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be, I think it'd be good to know. But you're right. This isn't about, this is assuming that you are fasting. Right. Which, again, like you said, probably applies to the Jewish culture, knowing that they for sure were as part of their religious practices. But I do think there's probably a time and a place for even our lives. I just don't know exactly when that is. Yeah. And and that, too, I guess, right, that kind of speaks to that whole religious thing right like Mm -hmm. where the fasting had become apparently this religious practice that was no longer meaningful right Mm -hmm. it was to validate your faith maybe more so than you know so that everybody else saw that you were doing the right thing right um 
And so I think that's where he's kind of attacking in that. And maybe that's why we've kind of abandoned it in the Western culture is that, well, we certainly don't want to be the religious Pharisees, right, that are just all about religion and not about relationship. So let's get rid of some of those practices that Jesus was speaking of. I don't know. Yeah. You raise a good question as to when we should. So we should dig into that sometime, I think. Somebody who's done more Bible study than (laughs) me, for sure. Yeah. so yeah, I do like that. That the um, maybe that could be a practice we would consider taking up. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. as you're listening to the podcast today and think, well, this was a, an assumed thing of the Jewish people um, of God's chosen. So maybe it's something we should really look into and a practice that we could pick up yeah. and maybe um, find some really deep communion with God in that. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. there it. definitely are some Old Testament things a lot of them that don't apply to us right but if this one does how like how does it and right. and does it yeah or how could it even yeah, right? right like i think that there's value in a lot of things that the jewish faith really has held as traditional um, practices and i think that tradition should never be abandoned just for the sake of abandoning tradition right um, and i think we do that all too easy um but maybe reevaluating what's what's behind it you know mm-hmm. so yeah that's a good challenge so we'll have to look into that one um i think one thing for me was it just the question was raised in my mind does your private life match your public life mm-hmm. um that's a big challenge mm-hmm. you know um, and i can say that that's one that dwight has often brought up um, in regards to on the worship team and mm-hmm. i i value that i, I treasure that um, when he reminds us that the things we do on stage should be representative of things that we do in our homes or in our private times, um, not for show, not for other people to recognize and validate us. Um, so I appreciate that. That's been, since being on the worship team, Dwight has long encouraged that to be authentic, like you said. Yeah you know, in all that we do. So that was my challenge, I guess. Does my private life match my public life? Mm -hmm. Um, Would people see the same person at home as they do out in public? Not always, you know. (laughs) I think nobody does that perfectly, but um, I'm I'm working at being better at that, you know, being authentic. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, I think that pretty much covers it for Matthew 6, um, verse 16 through 18. So, Tomorrow we will be back for uh, the next few verses. Um, If you all come back and join us, thank you, Anne, again for joining me today. And I hope you have a blessed Monday. We'll be back tomorrow. See ya. Bye. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.